I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, how are you? I'm really well. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. I was just wrestling with a new lighting rig there, so I was kind of like lights all over me, trying to trying to get things in focus. And then I realized I can't turn the autofocus off from the camera. So I, I, I'm here. If I look like I've gone blurry, don't worry. I'm still paying attention. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm going to put my uh, do not disturb on. I suddenly realized. Sorry. That's uh, absolutely fine. Um, I will do that too by turning my phone over. My phone's been on silent since about 1997. So um, normally I only get the message if I'm looking at the phone at the time, uh, which actually is bad because I have missed quite a few phone calls that way. Yeah, if I do that, I, I just forget about the phone. It's really easy for me to do. Happy to do that. Excellent. Cool. Well, then in which case, leave it. Do not disturb for the rest of the year. It's nearly it's nearly 2024 anyway. So just leave it, it and do not disturb. We can do it. I've got, I've got, in fairness, like, I've just rewatched a whole ton of DS9. Frankly, no, no, if anyone can do it, you can do it. It was really interesting to go back and watch it. Uh, and, and to, there were episodes, you know, remember it was just on one night and then you didn't mm-hmm. know what night that might be or what time that might be sometimes. It, it just went all over the place. So there were episodes I never saw and I was like entranced with it it was even better than i remembered it to be i think that's like that's one of the things about it. i mean it's been said to death how progressive it was how well made and yeah. about the whole flying under the radar thing because you had your next gen was coming to a close then there was the new network and everything so so you kind of got away with so much that maybe other shows would have which we're obviously delighted for but then you go back and it's such a cohesive story I know we we spoke before about how, you know, the, you, you see, you know, you can't go near a convention and it seems like the next gen crew never did a day of work in their life. Um, and, you know, kind of directors quitting over the behavior of the ad. And then for a while, it looked as if, you know, on Deep Space Nine, it was nine o'clock check in. How are you getting on? OK, do your day. And then five o'clock go home. And that was the end of it. And I know there is a degree of truth to that, but it looks like in the last couple of years, the stories of, you no. Know, 
these people did like each other uh, has started to come out. And how has that been for you being able to talk about the fun times? It's it. That's very complicated what you bring up. And I think part of the reason why they were so carefree and happy on their set was that they visited a planet. It was the week. It was the the vibration of the week. And they left. We continued this story that was heavy. It was heavy. And it was about us and what we're going through in our lives. We didn't jet off afterwards. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think that, you know, it's a natural thing for that to uh, penetrate the set and the feeling and the seriousness of what we were doing. If you have a scene where you're, you know, uh, uh, told that your best friends are dead, it's not, you're not going to, at least me, I'm not going to come from, hey, yeah, let's go. And okay, there, because I don't, this was always my thought. Those camera people, those grips, electricians, they have families they want to go home to and already it's probably going to be midnight or one or two in the morning i don't want to mess around and make it worse for them i was always aware of that and so the seriousness i think was partly that partly our number one avery brooks uh ran the set with a a a a focus and a seriousness and you always get what number one is doing and it kind of filters down. I, I think any anyone who's seen an interview with Avery or had the chance to meet Avery, I think will straight away go, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, I, I remember this is going back about 10 or so years. William Shatner did that documentary series, The Captains, and he yes. spends an episode with Avery. And I went, oh, I get what, obviously, because this is said in your documentary. So I was like, oh, I get, oh, he is a jazz musician. He is absolutely yeah. like, a Avery is Avery. There is no imitators. There is no anything. He is a jazz musician. He comes in the room. I march into his room. And it's deep. He's going to ask questions. Critical thinking is important to him. So it puts us all in that. But I will say, did we, did I love this cast? Yes. Was it an honor to work? But then we have this weird thing of conventions and and further connection where we're going to Europe, you know, Renee and I would go to Europe with my husband and his wife and plan outings and, and the tightness and the shared history made it a found family. And, you know, that having the history of the conventions and the experience of the seven years, it, to me, I always said it was a community, but Really, um, I would call the people on the show a found family that, you know, we don't always have to get together for Thanksgiving, but, you know, we are always there for each other, for sure. I I, I have a feeling, not that anyone ever would, but I have a feeling that say someone wrote something unpleasant about a member of the Voyager crew and you'd you'd have the people in a rally where I say, that's not fair. If anyone wrote anything in any way unpleasant about any of the DS9 crew, Honest to God, you would have Shakar's resistance cell would turn up at the door. Like, yeah. would you like to rephrase that? Yes, I would. Yeah. Yes, I, yes, I very much very, would. I think that's very true. I think as well, out of all of that, and, and I'm very much including the shows that are currently on the air, 
Uh, there's never been such an expansive cast. I mean, you had your 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 main when I say your names in the opening credits cast who are there week to week. But I mean, such an extended cast as well. That you forget that they weren't regular characters. It seems that they were. I mean, everyone, everyone. Some of the best, most important women were uh, were guest stars. Yep. Chase Masterson, you know, I mean, Penny, uh, uh, Louise Fletcher, all mm -hmm. of them huge. And Rosalind Chow was a guest star. That was her own choice. Uh, because they wanted her to be a regular character. But um, yeah, you forget. Yeah, that's actually, I didn't know. I I, I thought you know, we, we got Keiko as the stories came up. I, I hadn't realized that was a, a request by Rosalind herself. Yes, it was. There's, there's a mean drinking game, which is, all right, take a shot for every named character on a show. You'd be absolutely blotto by the end of Deep Space Nine. Absolutely. That's actually a good game because you would be... It, it, it is as well, because it just just the, the, the fear that the players would go into, it's like, oh, no, oh, no. Technically, of course, the show was wrapped up and everything. But, I mean, did I not see just the other day that you were back again in Alone Together with Sid, uh, Andy Robinson? You know, I love how these stories continue years after. I love that Paramount allowed uh, Sid to do that. You know, it was it was during the pandemic and it was mm. out of a desire Sadig does incredible work with his and did during the pandemic with his uh, group. Mm. Um, and they really support each other. And he makes it about the people in his group and not so much about him. He really finds out about everyone's individual life. And it was a gift to them and anyone who wanted to watch to just bring us back together for something again. That was, I mean, as as DS9 fans, you know, we, we've all done the give us the sequel, give us the movie, give us whatever. And I'm not going to stop asking for that. Heads up. Um, but we're being gifted these. For example, Lower Decks, yeah. uh, which was which was fantastic. Um, oh, my again, God. Oh. Keep circling the pylons. That's one of my that makes me laugh. Just as much in Galaxy Quest when he says, wait a minute, I don't have a name. I'm going to be killed. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that wonderful character? I can't think of his name. But I'm going to absolutely show myself. I have I have seen guys. Who says, it's been a while. Uh, oh, I'm just going to call him Ensign Ricky. Yeah. But it was so I remember watching it. I don't know if Deep Space Nine was still on or just recently over, but I fell out of my chair laughing. It was so true because I used to go on set and, you know, okay, so this, we're under attack. We know a pipe is going to come down and there's going to be steam coming out of it. That's for sure. And it's all regular characters. And then who are you? I've never met you before. Oh, you die. <laughs> <laughs> You're the sacrifice. Uh, that's just to be in the headspace of like, oh, great, I'm on Star Trek. I'm on an away mission. This will be my <laughs> only appearance in Star Trek, apparently. Um, oh, uh, you know, dream come true with a hint of sadness. Mm -hmm. uh, now, obviously, you, you, you mentioned it a little bit, like DS9 in particular has an incredible core female cast as well. Obviously, Star Trek generally has been quite good for that, looking at you, Voyager. Um and we spoke last time, and I'd like to ask you again about the novel that you've been working on for 
Well, yeah. but it's not a novel. It is not a novel. Okay. True. It's uh, I interviewed so many, all the women that would allow me to. Um, uh, it was slightly difficult because it was during the pandemic and we needed mm. to stay on schedule. So I couldn't get on sets and get a whole bunch of people. Um, but I did a lot of Zoom interviews. Women were incredibly generous. And I don't know how many uh, audience members, because I wanted to know what it meant. Why? Did they watch a particular woman? Why did that particular character appeal to you? What did you take away from it? And uh, so many interviews you can't imagine. The book started out, it was going to be one thing. It turned into something entirely different. It really became much more, instead of the characters, about the cultural influence, why we need characters like this, what the women were going through, you know, in the 60s as they were, you know, showing this incredible future for women uh, or at least a better future than was going on at the time. Don't forget, women were not allowed to be astronauts. They were pushed out of the program The they were going through the realities of Hollywood and the cultural ideas of women and maneuvering where they could uh, and to try to get a, a, a seat at the table. And women still do that. But it looks at the book, looks at the progression of that for the actors and the influence they had for the audience members. And it was it is enormous. It was very emotional and not just women, but what men took away from it, too. The fact that uh, Dr. Crusher was single and a, a single mother meant a lot to little boys who could go, hey, you know what? That's OK. My mother, I don't have a father here, but Dr. Crusher seems to manage just fine. And it and look at the kid. He's brilliant. I, I'm not in such a bad position. It normalized so many things for people and also gave them. There was an army chaplain. Sorry, I'm going on about this, but. Please do. No. There was a young and she'd probably go, what young? But yes, she's a young army chaplain who has such a hard job. You know, when you think of what they do going out on the battlefield and uh, uh, keeping people spiritually okay while they are suffering and maybe dying. It's unbelievable to me. And she, first of all, loved Dr. Crusher, just took so much from that character growing up, watching it as a little girl. But she told me what Star Trek taught her and what she carries onto those battlefields in the difficult moments that she encounters, that Star Trek teaches these three things are non-negotiable for humans. Hope, courage, and the understanding that none of us are ever alone. And uh, that's a TV show. It's pretty remarkable. It is. I think Star Trek often... I think it's quite rightly lauded for how it dealt with 
these are monumental themes. These are huge. These are enormous things that perhaps if it was pitched today, a studio might be like, I'm not touching that. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, yeah. And this I, was I week so. to week. Huh. Uh, well, but, you know, look at Discovery. Look at uh, Strange New Worlds. They approach those things. But don't forget, it's just a little bit safer because they're in space. And the writing is such that they can walk a line. Um, I, 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 I think that certainly helps. Um, but I'll say the thing I really walked away from after talking to so many people about how passionate they are, how Star Trek has been a guiding star for them. I go, what the hell? You've got a five-year, six, seven, eight, whatever they were, young child. There's no one around them that understands them. They go, I need to survive somehow. And they find a TV show that speaks to them. And they go, I'm going to do that. That seems to be a way to grow myself up without much help. I find that to be such a hopeful sign for the human spirit. Uh, it blows me away. Uh, like that, that is, it's perfect because, you know, think of for all of, I mean, I suppose, I suppose initially DS9 would be the darkest of Star Trek. And yet there's so many ideas of hope and there's so much, so much survival going on in Deep Space Nine and about overcoming. And we've gone God knows the world has got a bit darker. So we've that's been reflected in Star Trek since then. And yet Star Trek is always the outlier because it always, always, always said the future will be better. Yes, it's not dystopic. The future mm. will be better. And I think what DS9 did was say, OK, the future will be better, but this is the process we're going to have to go through. We are all on this spaceship, space station together we have to figure it out. We have to accept we are not alike. We have to find a way to work in that space. Sometimes I think when 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 people talk about DS9 as a whole, you, I, like I just said, dark Star Trek and everything, it's so funny in so many parts. So we just did a rewatch there for, for a video of Take Me Out to the Hollow Suite. And there are so many parts of that episode. I'm thinking Renee in his office practicing to be an umpire um, and I, I'm thinking you know, specifically of your your yourself and that slide tackle, and you know you're out. By the way, I thought, oh my god, she's about to pull a phaser on her. This is this is about this 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 baseball game is about to descend into, and it's so funny in parts, and that's a hard balance. Yes, it is. It really is, and and not tip over into something that it that takes us out that that trivializes wait what's that cool t-shirt you're wearing what is that oh my god <laughs> i love that um, I, 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 i'll fire you a link to the uh, to the artist afterwards but i just saw this and went yes absolutely oh, yeah. i must have this oh yeah that's really wonderful but yeah that uh, the that episode you know that was hell for me because I have no hand-eye coordination whatsoever, not at all. I remember there was a scene where we're going on an away mission and we're in, you know, a Star Trek formation kind of thing. 
And Avery, for some reason, has some kind of bag and, you know, just improvising. He threw the bag at me and uh, my arms just stayed by my side and it hit me in the face. He was horrified. It was like, how do you not have the natural inclination to grab the bag? But I don't. So they hired a baseball player to teach Mm. me how to throw and how to hit and how to catch. It was fun. And I still have a pretty mean arm because of it. I meant to say I have something sitting here. Do you still have one of those? Oh, yes. Excellent. Oh, yes. Excellent. Cool. At a convention at some point, we'll get a picture together. Yep. Wow. Um, And I I have to say as well, so I'm I'm smiling saying this, but considering lack of hand-eye coordination, you're a bloody good actor because I really thought you could shoot anyone from 50 miles away. I mean, you know, and a lot of that, a lot of the hand to hand. I mean, that must have been tiring, if nothing else. Specifically, I'm thinking of um, Way of the Warrior and battling with the Klingons on uh, on Ops. I mean, like, you know, kind of like anyone else gets stabbed, they're dead. You get stabbed. Ah, I'll walk it off. Well, that I thought a lot about that moment because in the adrenaline, the truth is in the adrenaline of a moment, it may hit a nerve and take you down, but it, you don't feel it. You're still going. You are in the battle. And I thought she would be. She would be so committed. It's like, yep, uh, something happened to my body, but I'm still fighting. And uh, that kind of truthfulness was really interesting to me to portray. I heard something from a New York policeman this in the 70s. And I wonder if it's true that uh, when they actually started to wound people, when they wounded people in a gunfight after TV showed what happened, which would be you just drop or you start screaming, Mm. people started to copy what they saw on TV when they got hit rather than what the body actually does. Do you, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, it's like they in your mind, you, you're told you should feel. Yeah. Yes. So they started copying what they saw on TV instead of TV actually doing the truth of what happens. You mean TV's not telling the truth? What? <laughs> uh, but no, I, 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 that's that's really interesting because, yeah, I suppose like you, you know, I, I have an idea of what being wounded what the reaction is and everything i can say you know touch wood i have never been shot hopefully i never will be um but you know and yes you would be like ah or you know kind of whatever this reminds right. me um where I, I lord of the rings uh return of the king uh christopher lee on set with peter jackson and you know there's a scene where a person is stabbed in the back from behind and the direction says now he must goes ah and christopher lee in his very christopher lee way goes excuse me, Peter, do you know what it sounds like when a man is stabbed from behind? And Peter Jackson said, of course not. He goes, well, I do. And that's not the noise that they would make. See? And I think there's a human thing that makes, uh, uh, it when when something is truthful like that, it hits you in a different way. And I, I've had a lot of people say the fact that I go down and come back up after being stabbed really affected them. But I think truthfulness does that to us. We recognize it. It's like uh, 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 oh, one of my favorite actors, and I can't think of his name, from Don't Look Now. 
Uh, his death scene. Hmm? Don, Don, Donald Sutherland. Love Donald that. Sutherland's death scene was so truthful. It was horrible and upsetting and emotional and beautiful um, because there's truth to it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's interesting. It's like, are, can I can I swear on oh, your show? Swear away. Yeah. OK, yeah. Just, just a light one, because if I imagined being hit by a car head on and my car being totaled, I would think I would scream, but no, I saw the car coming at me and I went, that was it. Well, because there's a protection in instinct as well. And if I scream and flail, for one, I've just made a bigger target. Yes. Uh, and, you know, whereas and I. And expended well, energy you may need. Yeah. Um, uh, by the way, everyone listening and watching, that is not. Uh, license to go out and test yourself in that situation. Okay? No, yeah, just please. Like, I, none of them. Yeah, none yeah, of those yeah. situations. We we went down a dark kind of passage here. We, but we did, as DS9 often did. Oh, there you are. Yeah. There you are. Um, and uh, and of course the the next you know we'll go with the next darkest iteration, lower decks. Uh, you know that's. Just get that. I mean, just keep spinning. You're so right. Like, just keep you because I've done that. I've listened to the theme over and over again, and it's just really relaxing and everything. And you're like, probably should turn the music off now and go do something with my day. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. The last time we spoke, you were doing a podcast with your son. Is that so? But did I see an update about that recently? Yes. So, yeah. And that was that's a joy of my life. And one of the things I think is such an important conversation is intergenerational getting to know you, getting to know all about you. Uh, we don't do enough of that and understanding each other's points of view and what you need, what I need, where I came from. How can that help or not help? Uh, what can I learn from you? A real exchange. Um, so Django, uh, 
just took this deep dive into music and it's just come out on Spotify. Uh, he's June AM, D-J-O-O-N-A-M on Spotify. And uh, he's been, I mean, when I say deep dive, I mean like pulling DS9 hours. He just went straight in. So, of course, anything else was impossible. But he just said to me, he was over for dinner Sunday and said, uh, you know, I'm just missing it. So he might be popping his head out. And anytime he does, we'll get back to it because I just, just, I mean, you said earlier, if anyone said something about Voyager, I might go, that's not fair. But if it's DS9, I'll be there talking to all the women from all the shows, actually understanding what, how they got to where they are in their beliefs and their lives, what it was like for them. They are now in my community and I feel like I'm very, I, I want to watch out for them too. It, it, strange new worlds. I am rooting for it just as much as DS9 now. And that's just because I had conversations. I thought about them. I watched their work. I got to know them. It's, you know, uh, people that, and they were just so damn generous. Um, there are people I wish I could have talked to. I never talked to the Enterprise women, not that I tried to, didn't try to get to them. I pounded them as much as I could. <laughs> but, you know, some people are just done. It's like enough Star Trek. I'm moving on. That is... That's a that's a crucial point you brought because sometimes, you know, you, you see Jonathan Brakes will be on X amount of shows or you will have obviously the, the shuttle pod show is a full running podcast as well. Uh, and then, you know, you have those people who are just with no ill will in the world. I enjoyed my time. I've moved on. Yeah. And that's fine. And, you know, as as a Trekkie, I might be like, mm, but I want to talk to you about Star Trek. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, but their lives have moved on in a different way. And if I think of myself 10 years ago, yeah, okay, I was still um, a Trekkie, but I was doing different things. Right. And, you know, what I was doing back then, be it jobs, be it, you know, life stage, is not necessarily something I would be interested in picking up again today. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. But I find because the conversations with people mean so much to me, um, it, it, the connection means so much. I find great purpose in it. Great purpose. And it's just, it. I just got lucky that I was on a show that um, that does this connectivity. I, I say, I say Star Trek is a frequency we get on and we understand each other to a certain degree. We go, okay. I mean, humankind is a frequency, but sometimes we don't always get on that frequency. Um, but it's a frequency you can find Star Trek and it works and it's a connector. I, how great is that? I I love and may steal that description like that is excellent because you're right. I think even and I've seen it myself in the last few months with people in my life who have tuned in to that frequency for the first time. And also what's been so much fun is watching people go, 
oh, that's where that comes from. Because, you know, Star Trek has just, you know, it's quietly and in a beautifully insidious way, so much a part of everyday life. Yeah. You know, um, like, it, it hey, everyone, really did you is. enjoy a mobile phone recently? Star yeah. Trek. Mm-hmm. I remember being on set going, wow, wouldn't it be amazing? Ah, and it is. Oh. And then, and then like, I was thinking, you know, this is kind of a time thing. I was like, you know, yeah. Oh, no. Then they could contact me out of hours when I'm when I'm not near the phone. Oh, no. Oh, oh, hang on. Mate, we've gone too far. Go back. Go back. <laughs> um, on set. Now, this is something. So this is this is serious. And I wanted to say this here since the last time. So I was quite sad that I had been ignorant of this, that, you know, when you were pulling these 14, 15 hour days, like, you know, everyone else, there was no help for you with life. In general, I mean, life still went on. You still had two small children that you were raising. And, you know, it was like, great, cool. Now you get home and it's time to cook them dinner. And it's time, you know, and I just, in my ignorance, I was just like, oh, I presume there was childcare or, you know, or the the, the studio shelled out for something or. There there absolutely was childcare. There had to be because sometimes I was there till two in the morning, but I don't care (laughs) what anyone says. Yes, she brought them to the set and took them home. But if I was home for dinner, I made them dinner. I took over. You take over anytime you're home, anytime they were, you know, in my trailer. I wasn't thinking about my lines. I was talking to the children, playing with them, doing stuff, taking them to the fountain at Paramount, walking them around, doing whatever. It's not like I have childcare because I'm going to sit here and watch. It doesn't work like that. And if I got home at two in the morning and Buster is up at six or even five, I'm up with him. Not not the. And did that work? No, doesn't work. Doesn't work. It doesn't work. And no one's figuring it out. Because that was my my suppose my leading question was now that you, you know, with these conversations with you know I suppose particularly women and it's not in any way I'm I'm not saying that fathers are not paying, playing a role obviously they are I'm not trying to suggest that they aren't but I'm just really hoping that that's something that has gotten easier and I'm kind of worried well, that the answer is going to be the answer is no it's gotten better certainly <laughs> there's an awareness because uh, Anson Mount was not available to film for, I think, the first show. Why? Mm. Because he just had a baby. Now, Django was born at 11 at night, and Sadig had a probably a five, something like that, because it was on the beach, I remember that, five o'clock call on a beach. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he had to be there. And he said, "I can I? No, you you come to set. So that has gotten better. But, you know, during World War II, there were, you know, when when Rosie the Riveter had to be at work and the men were away, childcare was incredible. They had childcare where the women were working and it functioned. Why don't we do that now? We don't. We just don't. I don't need, uh, I mean, and we could. This 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 ongoing. Th- I mean, even uh, I'm myself, I. I I don't have children, but there's uh, quite a lot of young children in my family. And just this idea of, you know, oh, what's going to happen on X date? No idea because I don't have I don't have childcare. 
oh yeah of course because you know and it's it's not like we can just be like right nan can look after everything or granddad can look after everything it's like no because they're also working you know yeah. it's um, yes and young scientists i talked to some uh people at the your some women at the european space agency and i asked this question of just about everyone what can be done or is it better what's going on and their only answer is well i cannot have a child or if i have a child i have to understand there's a cap to my career no matter how brilliant this person is they cannot do the research they cannot you know, leave at four in the morning and go where they need to go to study that there's a cap. So, you you know, I, now <laughs> one of my favorite stories, uh, Samantha Cristoforetti is a young woman who is a fighter pilot, an engineer, an astronaut. She was the commander of the International Space Station. Uh I got to interview her both in my home and talk to her while she was on the space station. And it was a mic drop moment for me when I, it, because on top of all that, she has two children at the time. She had two children under five and she was preparing to go for months to the space station. So I asked her the what to me was an obvious question. I said, well, who takes care of your children? How do you manage that when you're on the space date, when you're in space? She said, they're my husband's children. And I was like, yeah. I. It's not an invitation. Hey, babe, can you take care of the children this week? It's, I'm doing this. You've got that time available. Great. That's how we're managing it. You do it. And it changed how I speak to my husband. I told him this very excitedly and he was like, yeah, what? And we both decided, why do I ask for help in the kitchen? It's not my responsibility mm -hmm. and now I need help with it. The children aren't my responsibility and now I need help with them. It's something we do together. So I go, let's do 20 minutes in the kitchen together. And that's how we do it. I, I love it because on the one hand, I have this idea of, you know, kind of, quote unquote men going uh oh they figured it out but then <laughs> you know then you've got the other one where it's just like but of course you, you know i'm 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 not here to be provided for i'm i'm not here to be I, i'm here as part of the family you, you know i was at least equally responsible in creating part of this family i am you know i am part of the family yeah language is important and a man doing a traditional whatever it is saying can you help me with this no We'll do it together. It, um, no, it, it is again. I just, I just have these, this, just this, you know, funny image because I was not the case of just that conversation being just like you're, you're not to talk to these astronaut women again. They're, they're putting ideas in your head. Um, but no, I'm, and a I mean, pilot and a fighter pilot. For how God's... does she sleep? Like really? Well, I asked her. You are so calm, and she was like. I it's not a big deal. I think she's, you know, from another planet myself. Mm. Um, but she's got the she has an incredible ability. And that's where why she's gone, where she's gone to maintain an equilibrium in every situation and be funny and charming. And, you know, 
She was amazing. That is like I got to talk to women like that because of Star Trek, because she watched Star Trek. It like for 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 a franchise that has it's like any franchise. There's the high points, there's the bits where maybe it didn't hit the way it was meant to, you know. But for a franchise to consistently, you know, put you know, put it put things out there that people can identify with, that people can hope for, that you know, people can maybe not hope for, Dominion War looking at you. Um and and yet like it's like an international language. We we may not all speak English, Spanish, German, French, whatever, but we all understand that brighter future, live long and prosper, um, don't desecrate the Bajoran temple. And um, <laughs> you know, and and if you're putting together a baseball team, maybe not no no, but that's fine. That's fine, you know. Um I, I I was I, yeah I was I was watching the episode going like she's so brilliant at everything baseballs are hard and I'm not good at baseball so I'm not judging anybody yeah it's it's uh but hey you know what I the crew knew how bad I was and I think they were looking at me going we have to get this shot and she's not going to be able to do it and we're going to have to do it until she does it's going to be a long day. And when I got when I got it on the first take, I, they practically carried me around on their shoulders. They were so relieved. Just like, I, I can just imagine, it's like you know, nobody tell the producers, and we'll all just go home. All right, <laughs> we got the shot. We're not going to tell them when we got the shot, but we got the shot. Um, what was I going? I suppose everyone who has been enjoying Star Trek at the moment has all been clambering for this mythical Star Trek legacy show that may or may not ever happen, hopefully. Mm. Obviously, you've come back and you've done Lower Decks and that was a treat for everyone. But I suppose genuine question is, if, say, an offer to reprise will come up, and kind of goes back to what we were saying about the, the women from Enterprise, is that something that in your career you would have interest in doing now? Is, you know, a full 10-episode series... You know, it, you know, Star Trek Kira or, 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 you know, is that something you a would have interest in doing and be in where you're at with your career at the moment? Would you have the time? I love that you say full, you know, 10 episode. It's like yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like that's that's nothing. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. 10 episodes. <laughs> You know, at this point, uh, what I look for and I do all these strange little things uh, is interesting characters. And uh, what I want to do a series, a highly successful series playing um, a stereotypical woman um, making a lot of money. No. Would I want to dig deep into where a woman at my age, you know, how what she's capable of, what she's not capable of, how I can, how this character can arc or learn or not? Uh, is she allowed to fail? What's going on? That stuff fascinates me. That's what interests me. I don't get really excited about working anymore unless it's a character that can be outrageous or truthful i mean that makes perfect sense uh, you know there's there there are 
many people out there, as if it's not me, but there's many people out there that'll be like, just, you know, give us everyone you've ever wanted to see back in the one scene, standing around, having a drink. And that sounds lovely. And it does. But what does it do to advance the story? And what does it do to advance that character? You know, where we left Kira in, you know, obviously we, we saw her in Lower Decks, but for the most part, where we left Kira in Deep Space Nine, does a party scene where you're holding a glass in the background of a new episode do anything to further? No, I don't want to do, I don't want to do that. And that would be really disappointing. But, you know, I go, wow, Sirak and I ended up in that last scene. If I had been his mentor all these years, and, you know, again, we go back to the intergeneration, the intergenerationality of the whole thing, uh, if that's a word. Uh, and now I'm now I'm interested. Now I'm really interested. It, it, it's that as well. You know, it's become, I suppose, a bit of a a bit of an unfair joke of anything. The new class or anything. The next generation is like, oh, so you just couldn't you, know, you couldn't get the old cast back. And of course. Star Trek The Next Generation literally made it cool. But if there was to be something with the Jake Siskos, the baby Siskos, um, I think the documentary settled on Joseph Sisko. Uh, I do hope, I hope Cassidy Yates got a, got a chance to have, you know, a, at least some input in the naming of the child. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like, you know, kind of, ah, yes, Jake and Joseph after my father. Okay, my, my dad's name was Steve, but that's fine too. Um, uh, that is something I would genuinely love to explore and yeah. i have to say i love the idea of vedic kira uh i'm holding out for kai myself um but you know kai's yeah. a busy job i mean uh, or not maybe she's living in a cave somewhere maybe it all went south for her you know maybe her post-traumatic stress got the better of her in the end and or something else happened you know i mean there's so it's it Look, the only thing I wouldn't want to do is ruin where she was. And I just wouldn't do it. I mm. just I just wouldn't. I, you know, I, I, I love as well that, you know, you obviously care so much about the character because that means so much to, to fans as well. Like, you oh, know, I do. That's, you I know, really she do. is so important to you as, as she is to, you know, the people watching. You know, she affected people in the audience. She affected me. I had to find these parts of myself that were underdeveloped and uh, and they stayed with me. They're part of me. She's definitely, uh, you know, drop thoughts in your mind and live them long enough. They'll become part of your character. And she's definitely become part of my character. Uh, I could make the joke of like, really, do we need to do a background check on you? But no, I, <laughs> I just, she was, I, I think as a. She survived. She survived. She Above all, she survived. However she could. And it, it goes back to that thing again, Deep Space Nine, if there's, well, there isn't only one lesson, but one of the, because normally I say, if there was one thing to take away, there's dozens. One of the core things to take away is survival. Is that whatever the universe throws at you and my god the universe throw through a lot akira she survived as you say you're one of you know that closing shot you're stood there yeah yeah uh, which is why in my pitch for ds9 2 we're going to open with that shot we're actually going to zoom back in we're going to just open with that shot again and we're just oh, going nice. to pick up the story from there nice uh, so yeah 
Um, and no, with no, no. AI, they'll be able to do that. They'll be able to youth in me 30 years and then take me through it. And I'll just be sitting here uh, reading a book. I mean, absolutely. And, and you know what? Isn't that the true spirit of the strikes and everything? Isn't that it was, it was just to make everyone's life. So, um, but actually, just to quickly touch on kind of the the landscape of what everything is like at the moment. Um, obviously, yes, AI both a wonderful tool and potential for a lot of abuse. So I'm keeping eyes on contracts and everything. But one of the positives, definitely positives to come out of the track is again, it was like that and the family was back together. Oh, and yeah. that was incredible. Oh, yeah. Um, so not that you seem to be trying to, but if you were ever trying to get away from any of these people, I don't think it's going to go very well. I think they're I think they're forever people. I think so, too. And I like it that way. Um, Nana, you've been a star. Thank you so much again. Um, do we have a, a sort of a ballpark on when we can hope for the book? I, I've been told June. I know publishing companies are famous for pushing. We pushed a lot already. So we'll see. But I've I've heard June. But I probably know there are people who probably know better than me <laughs> in the audience. They'll are like, no, 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 no. Let me tell you what the contract says. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I encourage those people to come forward and let us know. But no, that is brilliant. So I can't wait to read it. Um, and you. And thank you for doing it. Because there's going to be so many things that come out of this that they're going to open people's eyes. And I am really excited. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Anytime. Uh, Nana Visitor, it's wonderful to say this. Thank you for coming on our podcast and we really appreciate it. My pleasure, always. 